Welcome to the Married Counselor Show, where we talk about love, marriage, family, and the business of life. I am Ron Lee. And I am Lexi Lee. We are married. To each other. And are marriage counselors by trade. Welcome to episode 5, 2015. Where today we are talking about blame storming. What is blame storming? Uh, that's a great question. What is, yeah, <laughs> what, what is that? What are we talking about? Blame storming is when you have a discussion to just assign blame. That seems to be the purpose of the discussion, whether it is intentional or it just kind of happens by default. That kind of sounds just like, you know, most conversations between <laughs> spouses. It can feel that way sometimes. I agree. Uh, so why do you think people blame? Well, habit, I would say. It just is this pattern of habit that we learn as we're children and... You know, we just keep blaming. I would think we blame people because, you know, it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, if you just, you know, that's easy enough right there. It's your fault. You did it. And it's so helpful just to point that out, right? I don't think it does any good whatsoever. Right. And, um, I don't think it accomplishes what you want it to accomplish. The only thing I think blaming really does is it like ramps up all that negative emotion, right? And it makes you want to punch something. But we do that for our children too. We have the tendency to want to blame them for this or that or the other. Exactly. Instead of taking responsibility for ourselves. And that's a great question. How are we modeling for our children how to take responsibility? We want them to take responsibility, but do they see us doing that in our relationship with our spouse? Right. Because remember, what we display for our kids is is exactly what they're going to display for their relationships in the future. Exactly. Yes. So we have to monitor what we say and what we do at all times, unfortunately. Well, and... You know, there can be some benefits to figuring out what's going on with this blame storming and just stopping it, right? I mean, there are some short-term in the immediate, in this conversation benefits, and there are some long-term benefits. When you think about in the short-term, well, you can avoid ugly scenes and tantrums and certainly regrets and regret that I said that thing. Um, and then in the That's long never term, fun. In the long term, you're going to have a healthier relationship with your spouse and you're building self-responsibility. The more you take responsibility for yourself, the more you're going to be able to create a life that you want. Because if you're busy blaming the other person, you have no control. Right. right? You're helpless. You're a victim. You're the the victim, exactly. And that's nothing, a card that you don't want to play in your life. You want to play the... um, the card that's not the victim. I don't know what card I'm that the is. responsible partner. I don't right? do that a lot, so it's never my fault. <laughs> so we have we have quite a bit of experience with this, both from early years of marriage as well as from our childhood. So I think this is gonna be an interesting show today. I think so. So we're gonna take a commercial and come right back and we're gonna get into it. Do you want Ron and I to partner with you and your spouse for one-on-one counseling? Then give us a call at 682-514-9225 and make your appointment for a happier tomorrow. Maybe it's difficult for you to get to the office. So we have online couples counseling. Couples don't have to be in the same room or the same city for that matter. You don't have to make big arrangements with the babysitter. Don't have to share a screen and we're totally HIPAA compliant. We are licensed couples therapy specialist. Give us a call 682-514-9225 and get started today. 
And we're back where today we are talking about blame storming. We do a lot of blame and a lot of blame comes from when we're kids because it's a childhood behavior that we learn and then we just transfer that into our adulthood. Now, when I was my my biggest blame I ever laid down when I was 17, uh, we had a party. My mom was out of town. She went to San Antonio for the weekend. So we had a party parents, in the house. Parents out of town I having mean, a party. We was right out of a bad movie. Uh-huh. You know, so we're all sitting around, you know, and nothing got broke. We, I managed to get away with it. We were all uh-huh. happy. I'm sitting in my room playing with my Atari. Yes, I'm that old and I had an Atari. And my mom walks into the room and she's holding half a joint. Uh-huh. And, and she looks at me and like, what? What is this? And Archer was like, I don't know, Mom. Looks like half a joint. Are you done with it? <laughs> but really, inside, you're thinking what? Oh, I'm thinking, oh crap. Uh huh. You know. And so I immediately, my brother had already moved out of the house, and so I immediately I put the keys in and I I drove the bus right over him. I looked right at her and said, it, it's Rob's. That but that belonged to Robert. I had I had I have no idea what that is. It's a joint. You know. I, uh-huh. I know. I know. But I have no idea how it got over there. Uh huh. So. You know, you need to call him uh-huh. because I'm your baby angel that still lives at home and doesn't want to hear about it. So we take that and that, and that's, and that transfers to adulthood. Right. Yeah, well, and so why did you blame Rob? Because he wasn't there. And what would happen to you if it was Rob's fault? I would take the wrath from mom if. If you owned it. If I owned it, I would take right. the wrath for it. And I didn't want I didn't want any part of that. I didn't want that restriction. So when you feel blamed, you're more likely to not own it because you don't want the consequences. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I immediately, she, she walked out of the room, had a phone in my room. I immediately picked up my phone and called Rob and was like, dude, dude, sorry about this, but I threw you under the bus. And <laughs> mom may be calling any moment now. I got to get off before she, you know, but I told you, you have, we had a little party over here, just me and you, and we smoked a joint and it's all your fault. So love you, bye. <laughs> so, <laughs> did he own it yeah he, he he was like i don't care i don't live there anymore so you can't do nothing to me so he was better at taking responsibility than you were he was better at taking responsibility when he you know wasn't in the wrath of right mom wasn't standing right in front of him right, right? exactly and, right. and my mom was just doing what a parent should do which is protect her child from the evils of the world exactly but that's not what a spouse is supposed to do no i guess it's not really so if we're blaming our spouse we're taking on that parental role, right? And that's what you're saying about reverting back to childhood. Right. Is it feels just like mom is standing there saying, what is this? When your spouse is standing there blaming you for something. And, and we don't want to own it. We just turn around and go, no, 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 no. We yeah, don't. right. Exactly. So the next thing that happens, I think, when you blame is that it, it's a reflection of your unrealistic expectations. Right? What do you mean? Well... Um, you expect your partner to perform to some level of performance. I can think of a different word, but a level of performance. Oh, you're talking like when someone sets the bar. Right. Like this bar has been set for you and, I j- and no one can just live up to that. So we- Right. But typically we set the bar and we don't get any feedback from our spouse on where that bar should be set we just determined it on our own you know the house should look like this and if it doesn't then anything that you did to make it not meet that expectation well you're to blame oh you're talking like it's the shoe thing like where you know you only see somebody else's clutter 
Right. So when we walk through the house and it's like, well, I see your briefcase. I see 10 pairs of shoes over here by the, by the bar. I, cause my shoes always land by the bar for some reason. And so, you know, we, we see all the other spouses stuff and we don't see our own mess. Right. So, but we have this expectation that they should take care of their stuff and that they should, you know, be more perfect. And when we start blaming them for all the clutter, that's just, again, a reflection that it's and our that comes, expectations that they're not meeting and not their own expectations. And that comes out of our emotional immaturity. I mean, it, it, it comes out of our uh, not wanting to own it, uh, you know, blaming the other person, not drawing. And so how do we get around that as we become, we, we have to be wishy, we can't be wishy-washy. When we have that expectation, when that bar is set, we you know, and then what did we do to, to add into the problem? Right, right. And if there needs to be a bar set, that you both need to collaborate together to determine where that bar is. It's not fair for me just to say this is how it should be, and you should follow that. You should have some input into what the expectation is. So there should be some kind of a meeting, some kind of a sit down. Right. Or discussion. Where, uh, discussion yeah, about in a positive what discussion. it is we want to do. It's like it's like the new car thing. And, and we've had people come in about the new car thing where somebody goes out and picks out a new car. Don't we're not even talking to the spouse. I just rolled into the dealership. I traded my nice paid for car and there was nothing wrong with it. And I picked up a new set of keys along with a $500 a month <laughs> car <laughs> That's payment. That's a whole different issue. Well, no, no. But then I came home and then I start playing the blame thing. On why our finances are right. not what they should be. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, so then that kind of a thing happens. Well, and, you know, it's only human to react with negative emotions when we feel threatened. And, uh, you know, my favorite thing with the whole brain thing is um, our brain, that part of our brain that reacts, that fight or flight mechanism is not a very smart. It's the amygdala. I refer to it as Amy and Amy it's not very smart. Amy doesn't really understand the difference between being attacked by a bear or your pal- your spouse has said something that hurts your ego, right? So it reacts the same to to both. So you got to remember that sometimes you may be triggering what's going on in your spouse is ego threatening and when they react it feels life-threatening in the moment. The only thing I have to know about a bear attack is I have to outrun the other guy. <laughs> but if That's you're alone, it. if there's not another person, right, yeah. then you have to do all those things that would be opposite of being attacked by a bear, right? You stretch, you take some deep breaths, right? You Tie your shoes. Right, relax. <laughs> <And> run. <laughs> Work on relaxing so Work that you don't, relaxing. you don't feel triggered if your partner does blame you. Or if you feel the need to blame, you do those things so that you can not blame your partner. Right. Because when you start to hear that coming across the table, like, you know, I'm being blamed for it, you can, you have a choice. The person that's being blamed has a choice. Do I escalate or do I just sit here and look at him and shake my head like I'm right. not accepting that? Right. So another suggestion that I have for that is fake it till you make it. It's hard to to get super emotional from a relaxed position. Right. So if you make your body posture look relaxed, right? Then your brain, that not so smart Amy part of your brain, um, reads, oh, things must not be as bad as I thought they were because they're not running for their life. So have a seat whenever you get into the argument. Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, take a relaxed, sit in the most comfortable place to have a difficult conversation. Okay, that sounds good. 
We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the 10 steps to better conversations. You had the experience that one hour a week in therapy is just not enough time to deal with your issues. Do you want to see quicker results without spending months on the therapy couch? If that's the case, then an intensive weekend might be right for you. We can cater the weekend to your specific issues. For more information, you can find us at marriagecounselingdfw.com or call us at 682-514-9225. And we're back talking about blame storming. So we've had a conversation about what blame storming is why we do it. So now let's talk about some, some steps we can take. In fact, 10 steps that we can take to having a better conversation. The first one is definitely um, think before you speak. I don't do this very well. I've gotten better at it now that I'm, you know, approaching an old man age. But you really have to think about what you're going to say, because if you don't, if you have a knee jerk response, that's what you're, you're going to look like the jerk. All right. I'm just going to put it out there. You may end up looking like a jerk. You may have to come back and apologize for what you said later in time. So it's definitely one of those things where you want to take the time, think about what you want to say. Don't blame the other party and you know, own your own it. Right. So the second step would be to keep the conversation on an adult adult level. Don't put yourself in that position where you're taking a parent child role. Um, it, that's sometimes what we do when we blame is that we're taking on that parent role in treating our spouse like they're a child. And uh, of course, I'm going to react negatively to that because I am not a child. Don't put me back in all of that stuff, as we talked about, from my childhood that mm -hmm. I had no control. Treat Absolutely. me like an adult. Focus on solving the issue and not blaming each other. Skip the blaming part and go right to focusing on the issue. Now, what that means is you have to be on the same team. A lot of couples come in here and we see them all the time. We see hundreds of people uh, mm -hmm. every, a year. And, and so they come in and they're like, well, I have to make my point. And that's the problem is if you're on different teams, you have to make a point and then you can never make enough points to make it feel good. Right. So you have to get on the same team, put the problem out in front of you guys and go, how are we going to solve this problem? Exactly, because if you're scoring points, then you're not on the same team. I agree. The next thing that you need to do, number four, is watch out for your own yes but but because <laughs> we but uh, right what you're doing when you say you, you're going well i'm agreeing with them yes but then what you're doing is you're ignoring the other person's perspective and you're pushing your own so the but's actually saying i need to make my point exactly but i need to make my point exactly exactly all right separate the facts from the story in your own head which is don't build a case don't pre-argue. I see so many people come in here and they, they run the pre-argument in your head. And let me, let me explain what that is a little bit. The pre-argument is you thinking ahead in advance what the other person is going to say. There's no absolute way you can do that. You spend a whole lot of time wasted, wasted time on doing those kind of things. The next thing that you need to do is if you, if it gets too heated, take a short time out. You when you take a time out first, you need to communicate that this is what you're doing. And then the second thing you need to do is set a time to come back to the discussion. Don't take control of it by saying, I'm just overwhelmed and I'm leaving. Set it up so that your partner still feels like they have some control. Make that arrangement of when you're going to come back. 
Own what you put into the uh, argument. Own, the, own, own you take responsibility for the things that you did that may have gotten to the miscommunications you might have had. The the not having a firm no when you're having an issue with somebody. Don't be wishy washy. Make that a firm thing. Yes, sir. If you get nothing else out of this podcast today, we'd like you to hear you got to take responsibility. The next step, number eight, is that. Take some time to reflect on your patterns. After you have that conversation, reflect back on what went well and what is it that maybe didn't go so well that you can take responsibility for and make the changes. Have compassion for crying out loud, people. That didn't sound very connected. Well, <laughs> just, I mean, because, you know, be careful of the things you say during the heat of an argument because you may say something that you may regret. Have compassion for the other person. Think before you speak. Right. And then the last step, number 10 in having a better conversation is being open to feedback. All right. When not in the heat of the moment, don't have these kinds of feedback conversations in the heat of the moment, but be willing to listen to what your spouse has to say in order to um, help improve future conversations. If you would like more from the married counselors, you can find Ron and Lexi at marriagecounselingdfw.com. Follow us on Facebook or subscribe to the Married Counselor Show on iTunes. This is Lexi and Ron wishing wishing you a happy happy day. day.